Hey, hey, and welcome to the Tara Malil Show. Here is where we have incredible interviews and conversations with powerful, ambitious, and highly successful women. We hear about the start of their journey, how they got to where they are now, what were some of their biggest successes and most epic failures. And they also help share their expertise and tips for you to practically implement to help you along your entrepreneurial journey as well. Don't forget, we are here for you. So if you have questions that you want answered, please write in to tara at taramalel.com and we will make sure we get the best experts to answer those questions for you. We do that every Friday. Now, stay tuned. We have epic stories coming up. Hey, hey, beautiful listeners. Now, some of you may not know, but we have a free community called Business Mastery Community over on Facebook. It's where we get to continue these conversations, connect with guests and other entrepreneurs to share our expertise, find some cool tips, and there's some awesome collaborations happening over in the community. So if you are not already a member, jump on over and connect with us there. That's Business Mastery Community over on Facebook. I'll see you in the group. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode. I am so honored to have the wonderful Samantha Morris, a Fempire coach. Watch out, ladies. Uh, joining us and sharing her incredible journey with us and some really fantastic business tips at the end for you. So she is a vampire coach and a business owner who is dedicated to helping women succeed as business owners. She is a process-driven, big-picture person with visionary problem-solving skills. She's a mother of five, what?! who studied her Bachelor of Business while running a business and building home extensions and having five children. That's just insane to me, but well done. She knows what overwhelm and exhaustion feels like and has made it her mission to help women who want to take things on, believe they can and do it exceptionally well. Samantha, I'm so honored to have you. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Tara. I'm actually a little bit overwhelmed just listening to that. Yes. Yes. How much do we take it for granted? It's only when you look back that you go, holy shit. Yeah, I did that. You know, they're talking about me. I did that. But when you're in it, it's, I mean, I sometimes think it's just survival mode. (laughs) You just got to get through it. Yeah. It's, It's funny the imagery that's popping up when I'm hearing that. Because when you talk, I remember when I was studying and and at that stage when we were, I was doing, I did the owner builder thing. So mm. I did, you had to do a little course to get registered as an owner builder and all that sort of stuff. And wow. I remember my youngest was still under one at that stage. And I remember having mountains of washing sitting in the living room and my son sitting in a washing basket. So I knew where he was. <laughs> He wouldn't escape anywhere because one day when we were working on this building site that was our backyard and I was out there talking to the builder and my son crawled under his ute. 
Oh my like, goodness. Oh, good Lord. I think it's time for daycare. This is way too dangerous. <laughs> it's time. Yes. Oh my goodness. I mean, I have two kids and I think that's too, too many, to be honest. So um, I can't even imagine five. It was not my grand plan. It was <laughs> all a blessing, aren't they? Mm-hmm. When I when I thought about my life, it, that wasn't what I imagined at all. <laughs> so, um, and do you know the funny thing about having five is that when I was pregnant with number four, people then assumed that it was my plan to just keep going. It's like, it's like I hit that three and then I was going for number four. And because, you know, that I had all daughters at that stage. And they're like, oh, you must just want to keep going until you get a son. Or, you know, are you, are you going to have eight? Are you going to have ten? I'm looking at them like, no. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. That's so bizarre, isn't it? But I also think it speaks to this you know, stereotypal, this silly expectation that that's kind of because, because you have, you know, because three is kind of on the verge of, you know, standard or normal, everyone I'm doing air quotes. And then four, it's like, oh, this is like who you are. You are a mum, So you just must want heaps of kids. And as if that's all there is to you, you're just kind of this baby making thing. And you think, no, no, this <laughs> just because you can do something, it doesn't mean that, that your whole life needs to revolve around it, right? Oh, exactly. And do you know that um, it felt like the more children I had, and it, it sounds really awful, I sound like, you know, the 90s, 1950s housewife. I never wanted to be a housewife, and, and my mm. children will attest to this, that I'm love them and everything and I nurture them and I want to be there for them and all of those things but even after the first one after the first few months at home I was like hats off to you ladies that you know this is an amazing thing you do but get me out of here I was so <laughs> desperate to go back to work um and I'm yeah. one of those women and you know I don't want to upset either camp but I definitely sit in the camp where I felt like more of a whole person and a better mother when I could get out of the home and do something for me and then come back. Yes. In. Yeah. Wholeheartedly agree. And you're right. Everyone has their own experience. And I say to people, do what works for you. And this is in anything, whether it's parenting, whether it's business, whatever that is, but do what works for you and really own it. And that took me ages and it's only now that I'm having these conversations that I hear more and more women their stories were like mine like yours so they go yeah get me out of here I mean again stay-at-home mums they've got it rough it's hard it's really hard I mean I you know I've got my today is Thursday we're recording this on a Thursday my Thursday Fridays are me with the kids right? They're, they're not at daycare. So it's me and the kids. And I still have heart palpitations going, holy shit, what am I going to do with them? Like, honestly, what are we going to do? I can't play Barbies anymore. I'm done. <laughs> oh my goodness. Play dates. What, what um, extracurricular activities? Let's book them into something. Yeah. Like. 
I remember Thank looking you. at this brood of girls and even after when I had my first and it was a little girl and I was like, good grief, what do I do with a girl? Because growing up, I didn't play with Barbies and I was, mm. the, I was the one that was climbing trees and I was in the, playing in the creek in my gumboots and, and doing all of those tomboy things. And I'm like, what if she wants to play dolls and dress ups? I never played that. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> Yeah, it's a like, and it sounds so ridiculous, and we can laugh about it now. But when you're in it, it's a real issue. It's a really scary thing. It is because you are looking at a big wall of, I'm going to fail at this. Mm, I'm going to be bad at this. Yes. I don't know what I'm doing. And not only that, but, and this is true in business as well, you dare to admit that to anybody. Mm-hmm. There is no yeah. way you're going to say, put your hand up and say, I actually don't feel like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, I am not qualified for this. <laughs> yeah. And, and I really love that you drew those parallels because I feel exactly the same way. You know, in business, we are, uh, even, even now, and I know you've done your, your, your miles ahead of me, you've actually done a degree in business. Mine is just, I've just learned from all the mistakes that I've made, but I can still say that, you know, I can only now confidently say, you know what? I know I can work it out. I don't have all the answers, but I feel confident now that I've fudged it enough, you know, <laughs> and it's, and it's worked out more often than not that I I'm confident that I can work it out. If I don't know something or, you know, whatever I can work it out, whether it's for me, whether it's for a client, but yeah, I, I feel exactly the same way with parenting that idea. And I, I don't have that confidence yet of how oh, work it out. It's like, holy shit, what am I doing? So I'm still in that phase like I literally have no idea what I'm doing um but yeah there's so many parallels isn't it between just it's that unknown it's the unknown isn't it absolutely and you don't know who to talk to about it and you don't know doesn't every and there are you're right there are so many parallels between those two things because everybody in the world has the best advice for you and everybody wants to tell you how to do things based on their experience, but everyone, everyone is different. And you know what? The one thing I can absolutely can tell you that I truly believe after having five children is that every single one of them are so different. And the tricks that I learned to settle the first one didn't necessarily work for the second one or the third one or the fourth one. They were all mm. had their own little idiosyncrasies and all their little things that weren't and it's true for business. Each business that I've had, I've had to do things a little bit differently and tweak things. And I mean, you know this too, Tara. Mm. Um, it, it depends on the business and it depends on what you're doing and who you're trying to reach with your marketing and all of those things. So I don't ever feel like there's one hard and fast rule for everybody. And then when you try, when you try to get people in business to follow something that's cookie cutter and it doesn't work, well, yeah, hello. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. And this leads perfectly, you know, I, I want us to talk about 
specifically around coaching and, and your approach to business coaching? Because we have spoken about this previously. There are so many um, yeah, falsehoods and like, hey, it's this one thing you need to do and you'll hit those, you know, 10K months. Like there's just so mm. much BS out there and it frustrates the hell out of me. So I, I do want to get into that. But if we can rewind, let's go back, back, back. What brought you into entrepreneurship, you know, starting a business? What drew you into this space to begin with? Oh, my goodness. Um, actually, when I think about entrepreneurship and being in business, I can go way, way back to the dark ages. When I, when I was a teenager, um, I, the town I grew up in isn't huge. So there were very, very few jobs for teenagers. Mm. And so I kind of had to make up my own. So even back then it was, I'll go and mow people's lawns and I was cutting people's hair and I was doing whatever I could do to earn that bit of money so that I could have some sort of social life. And that was going to the roller rink on the Saturday night. Yes! <laughs> When I think about that now, I was like, wow, what did I learn about business? Just doing those things even. And um, you learn a lot because you've got to find customers and you've got to provide customer service and you've got to make sure people are happy. You've got to manage your money. You've got to do all of those things. Mm, that's powerful. And, uh, and it's only recently, and sometimes these epiphanies come to you at strange times, but it was only recently that I sat there and I thought, I, I'm actually in a family of entrepreneurs. Um, I have three older brothers, all of whom have their own businesses. And even my dad, um, he worked for a company, but he had a side hustle on the weekends. So I think I kind of grew up in that environment mm. and um, didn't go straight into entrepreneurship after I finished school. I actually joined the military and toddled off to the Navy. <laughs> wow, amazing. Um, and I liken that to my version of running away to the circus. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, but look, that was, that was kind of a hard thing to do because I, it was something I was really, really excited about. And I thought, this is going to be awesome. You know, the world will be my oyster, oyster because... They, you know, they feed you this story in recruiting about, um, you know, seeing the world and doing all these weird and wonderful things, which really appealed to me. So I signed up and I went through all the testing and I was just waiting for them to call me up to say, come and start doing your training. And in that time, my nearest and dearest, all well-meaning people started to fill me with doubt. You're not mm. going to get up in the morning. This isn't you. You don't, you don't want to do all that exercise at five o'clock in the morning. You're not going to make it past the first three months. All of these things. To, and it's like, oh, why do people do that? Why? So, so um, yeah, it, that bothers me that people mm. mean. I don't think it was ever intended to be anything horrible. So don't, don't make that mistake. But... The, the well-intentioned negativity could have been very detrimental to what I was trying to do. Comes up a lot. Yeah. 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 So, so what do you think drew you to the Navy? And then despite having all of this 
like you said, well-intentioned, but negative sort of stuff around what made you continue in your pursuit of this? Well, to start out with, I was pretty defiant. I got it in my head that these people are not going to be right about me. I've made this decision to do this thing. There is no way I'm going to go home with my tail between my legs. Mm. So, yeah, so that's the mindset that I went into it with. Um, And I pulled along and started doing the training and started to get involved in the environment and all of that sort of thing and just started to really love it. I loved it. I loved all the camaraderie and I loved the way that they were teaching leadership and I loved the way that they were teaching people to support each other and mm. and all of those things that you don't associate with military necessarily. And I, I know I didn't at the time, but I found it to be a very different experience to what I expected. Yeah, right. And so what do you think it taught you? Because you were in there, what, uh, 11, 12 years? 12 years, yeah. 12 years, amazing. And so what do you see, and we can always look back on it now and it it always makes perfect sense, but what do you see with some of the really key elements and skills that you got from being in the Navy to help you now in your business and where you're at now? Yeah, so the, the thing about military is that you know, there are strict rules and regulations and there are guidelines and you're told you've got to follow orders. Mm -hmm. And I understand all of that. But the great thing about being in the Navy for me was learning how to, not to break rules because that's not what it's about, but how can I operate and how can I be creative and how can I function inside of those rules and still get what I need out of it? Mm. And I think that has tra- learning how to do that has translated so beautifully into business because in business, we've got rules that we have to follow. You know, there are laws around business and all that sort of thing, but you have to learn to be creative with what you've got. Mm. That's yes. really, really important. And um, don't ever feel defined by a, a set of lines that are drawn around you. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, and that's huge, that creative problem solving. I mean, look at, we're chatting right now during a pandemic. <laughs> People have had to really think on their feet and, and employ and adopt this skill of creative problem solving. Okay, well, here are the, the rules that are in place. Here are limitations. How can we make it work for us? Yeah, I think that is huge. That is such a a fabulous skill to have. And yeah, I never would have associated that with military, with Navy, with anything like that. You just think, oh, they're they're people who can just follow orders. But I love that you say you take that and you make it work for you. That's really awesome. Yeah, because what we don't think about is the people that are giving the orders are the ones that up until that point have been the ones that have had to follow them. Mm. so there has to be that learning about how to be creative and how to deal very quickly with situations in order to be put into a position where you're going to be giving the orders yes so yeah it's a side of it's a side of that that we don't consciously think about yeah Yeah, we just we think of you know soldiers and sailors and and airmen as you know straight lines march along don't think just do as you're told and it's not like Mm. And then, so how did that lead into what was your next business after that? Oh gosh. So when I left the military, I kind of bounced around a little bit. Um, 
I, I have a bit of an issue now with the fact that we lose ourselves in things that we do. So you get into a relationship with someone and you really get involved in it and you, you kind of lose who you are because you embed mm. yourself so much into the relationship and you get a career and then you embed who you are into that career. And I feel like when we do that, we sort of lose our identity. And then when those things end, we get really, really lost, really lost. And that's the worry. So I'd love to, I'd love to be able to help people separate that who they are from what they do. Mm. So I, I certainly felt uh, very lost and crushed and, and actually grieved who I thought I was because I didn't have it anymore. So I did bounce around, went back to school and, and did a few different jobs trying to figure out, okay, who am I without that uniform and who am I without that structure? And I actually struggled for a little while because I'd go to different jobs and I'd get really frustrated that things weren't done properly and, and you know, oh, you keep changing the rules and you're not, you're not setting things up properly. And I didn't fit into a lot of places. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I had to learn to tone myself down and, and learn to be that, you know, not everybody was as structured and, and efficient and effective as what, you know, military are. So mm. um, I did bounce around a bit until I just like, this is, this is crazy. Start my own business that amazing yeah. yeah then you create the box that that is your shape and size and you can fit into it perfectly and it doesn't yeah. matter <laughs> yeah yeah yes and i think yes. too because i had been so lucky in the navy to be in the position where um i was given projects and say and they said here fix this or, or create mm -hmm. this and because i had been in those positions and then i went into places as an employee and they're like, no, you don't get to make those decisions anymore. And as many as ideas as you have, we're not listening to you. <laughs> so. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. We have had such similar stories. I so resonate with everything you're saying right now. It's awesome. And now you still have that business and you're also a business coach for women. So tell me about the passion that brought you to this place, to, to mm. business coaching. Oh, look, I've done quite a few different things. I've had quite a few different businesses and, um, and I haven't had a love for any of them. And even though I've got this business with my husband, I really sunk my heart into it, but it wasn't because of the business. Like I don't love the industry that we're in or anything like that. I'm not drawn to it. I didn't even really know anything about that industry except for my mm -hmm. husband. So my love for that business came from the people that I was in business with. Mm. But what happened along the way, because you go into business and, um, you know, you, you think you know stuff, but until you're doing it, you realise, oh, goodness me, I, I only know, the, you know, two inches of a mile long worth of stuff that you yeah. need to know about in business. So I started doing courses and things like that to learn how to do things because, I mean, when we first started, we had, we had a factory and there was no office. So we bought some secondhand desks and plonked them in the office. And we went to Bunnings and got the, uh, the gas heaters because it was freezing cold. And we sat there and we cold called people and mm -hmm. we sent faxes out. And that was our marketing. 
Mm. Yes, taxes. Yes. Yes. I mean, now, goodness me, with spamming rules and everything, we wouldn't be able to do any of that anymore. But that's how it started. And, Mm. um, you know, and and you learn and you grow as you do things. So I started doing courses and then um, I started to get involved with other people's businesses. Not, I wasn't sticking my nose in. I was asked for for help. (laughs) Going around saying, "Hey, you over there! I'm going to help you with your business." <laughs> Which, by the way, I get so many coaches. Again, I say in air quotes, business coaches and influencers on whatever doing that. By mm-hmm. the way, that seems to be a thing that happens now. But yes, <laughs> yes, yeah, that's happening a lot to me too. No, no, um. Friends that had businesses said, you know, you've done this course and you're doing this. Can you come and have a look at what I'm doing and, and mm-hmm. help me out? And I found that I really, really loved that. I really loved helping people. Mm-hmm. So I, I never, I didn't even know what a business coach was. I knew, I knew what a mentor was, but not a coach. And, you know, you know that they're two very different beings. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I sort of plodded along with this business with my husband, but really, even after we bought out my in-laws, it's still very much, I feel like it's my husband's business because it's his industry and, and all of that sort of thing. So I went along to event as you do, you know, when you're searching for something and you don't know what it is, you go to every freebie that you can find and, you know, download every freebie and attend every event. So I went along to a vampire event and it was that it just dropped into place for me. Mm. So, you know, I, I went along and I was like, wow, never even thought about working with women. Didn't occur to me. I didn't know that was a thing because my whole life had been spent working with men. Yes. So yes. I had not considered that. And, uh, yes, I remember looking at stage and it was the first time that I've ever sat in anything or done anything where I'm like, that's what I want to do. Mm. That's who I want to be. Amazing. Yes. Amazing. So I then sat there and um, did nothing because I had massive imposter syndrome thinking, I'm not qualified for this. I can't do that. Who am I? Yeah. Uh-huh. And I even remember um, the day that I applied to be a coach with Vampire, you know, I was sitting there and I'm filling in all this documentation and everything to apply and feeling absolutely sick to the stomach about it. I was like, good grief. You know, and I'm like, my, my daughter's a singer. And mm. so, you know, I'm trying to, when I used to take her to different Steadfords and competitions and things like that, and it's all about the nerves and everything. And I'm like, this is what she feels like. Like, this is what it feels like when you really, really want something and there's a possibility that someone's going to tell you you can't have it. Mm. Yes. And I was like, wow, I really, really want this. So, yeah. yeah. Amazing. Amazing. That's brilliant. And I think it's so powerful. Um, And thank you for sharing that because it is so powerful to say, I had imposter syndrome, like I really wanted this thing, but then I had imposter syndrome and those doubts, like, can I really do this? Like, who am I to think? Because we hear, and you would hear it now, again and again and again in so many women. And I have spoken to 
amazing women that you go, how, how do you have imposters? <laughs> how yes. could you possibly, you know, these leaders, these women who have done just such incredible things, but it happens to all of us. It absolutely does. I'm, yeah. I only completed my degree a couple of years ago. Like I didn't do it when I finished school. Mm. And, and I stepped into doing a degree simply because I didn't think that I was enough and I didn't know enough about business. And I felt like I had to have a piece of paper to prove to the world yes. that hey, I actually do know something. Yes. Yeah. So it's and, and I mean, I'm, I'm really glad that I did my degree because, you know, I, it was something I wanted to achieve. And again, even when I started that, I had people in my ear like, you've got kids, you're doing the house. Like, now you're going to do a degree. What are you thinking? Like, you're doing all these different things. What are you trying to achieve? And mm. you're not, you haven't got time. You can't do it. So I was like... Prove you lot wrong. Yes. I'm doing it. <laughs> and it's that determination, right, that you need. You have to. If you're going in business, you've got to have that determination because you're right. I think it doesn't matter what you you do, any step of the way, you're going to have those well-meaning, well-intentioned, negative Nancys, whether they're in your head or they're, they're part of your family or your inner circle, saying those things. But you have to have that determination to go, no, I'm going to do it anyway. You know, yes. I'm nervous as hell. I feel like an imposter, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to prove you wrong. I'm going to prove myself wrong and I'm going to do it. Yeah. When you're more scared not to do it than you are to actually give it a go. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's when you know you you're on the right path and you've got to like this just is it. oh grin and bear it and do it yeah yeah and just do it scared yes yeah mm, and yeah you're right it's important for everyone to know that we all feel that at one point or another we're all terrified that we are going to just fall flat on our faces and humiliate ourselves mm-hmm mm-hmm and now I want to come to the, this point where, you know, we're talking about being a, a coach. What sort of tips do you have for people who are looking for that kind of help? And I do recommend people go business coaching, you know, unless you know specific, okay, I specifically need this marketing thing. Um, but I do recommend people go down the, the business coaching because let's face it, we all need help. But what do, what, you know, what are your tips on what do people need to look out for? Because there, there's, we've said it before, there's a lot of junk out there and people doing cookie cutter, like, hey, it's just this one thing or step one, two, three, that's it, works for everyone go do it. You're like, it's just, it's not, I mean, that's just a load of crap. That's oversimplifying it. So yeah. What are your top tips to help others? Yeah. So I, I agree with you like that. I hate that the industry that we're in can do such amazing things for people. And yet the, the water is tainted mm. by people. So there's a couple of things that I would always say to people when they're looking for a business coach. And, and one is, what are they really an expert in? What can they help you with? Mm -hmm. First of all, because if your biggest issue is around, for example, finances, then you're not going to go to someone who's really an expert at, at coaching and marketing. Mm. Like they're, they're two different beasts there. So you've, you need to have an idea of where you need to start 
for your business and what your problem areas are. Yeah. Um, and find a coach that can really address those. You've got to have a good fit personality wise because a business coach is going to give you some cold, hard truths with the best of intentions behind it. <laughs> but they're going to tell you, th and our businesses are our babies. Like we hate to think of them as being anything but amazing. But a business coach is going to come in and say, that's not as shiny and bright as you think it is. And there's some work to be done here. Mm, mm. So, and get on to and do that work. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think so you've the got accountability have, is huge. Yeah. Yeah. So you've mm. got to have the fit with the person in yes. order to really take on board what they're saying. Mm, yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Those are really great. Really awesome tips. Now in saying that, where can people find you? If they want to reach out, if they want to know more, if they want to internet stalk you, <laughs> where can they find you? Oh, I'm not hiding under a rock. I feel like I'm everywhere. But um, a great place to start is my website. Mm -hmm. And that is samanthamorris.vampirecoach.com.au. Brilliant. I'll have that link in the show notes as well. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. And because, I mean, there's always social media as well. Mm -hmm. Just talk me on all the different platforms. Yes. <laughs> Where's your favourite place to hang out? I probably spend most of my time on Instagram. Nice. And the only reason for that is that I've, I actually found Instagram was quite a challenge for me to start up and it's something that I'm working on. So... Mm -hmm. With social media, personally, I was already on Facebook and doing mm. stuff there. So it kind of felt a bit homely there. Whereas when I was like, oh, my Instagram, hmm, different demographic in there. I don't, and, you know, the whole, even the whole, I've got to take photos of myself and put them up. Really? <laughs> and because, you know, Instagram is full of beautiful, beautiful imagery and beautiful, beautiful people. And I'm like, um, there's me. <laughs> I'm a lot older than a lot of people and I've not got all the bits, you know, I haven't got the big, big beautiful lips and I don't have fake lashes on and yeah, yeah, yeah. me at home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me next to my pile of washing and overdue yeah. paperwork and that's yeah. it. Yeah. But I'm, I'm learning to like it and I'm learning to have fun with it nice that platform's been really good for me to learn to let go of what i think that this social media beast should be nice. and i'm like okay i'm me and there's no point in trying to dress it up into something else because if people want to work with me when they sit down opposite me to have a conversation this is what they're going to get so that that's what they need to see on social media Mm, exactly, exactly. And I love it that that you're pushing yourself still. I think that's something important for people to hear and to know as well. Like you, I don't think we ever arrive, you know, you never go, hey, I'm successful and I'm going to stop. You know, you keep going, keep learning because there's always something new that pops up. So I think that's awesome. Brilliant. Yes. 
Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much, Samantha. I'll have all your links in the show notes. Guys, make sure you reach out and say hi. Let us know how much you love this episode. Rate and review and share it with all of those you love. And we'll catch you next time. Bye. Hey team, thanks for joining me. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast and you rate and review wherever you listen to your podcast. Every little bit helps. I'm so excited to be sharing this journey with you. Love some feedback and we'll see you next time.